Hello, this is Hope, and you're listening to Covert Castaway. Welcome to my weekly diary of what I learn and how I cope with transitioning to life as a liveaboard cruiser. I had the pleasure of meeting Tracy Edwards, famed British sailor and social activist, this past week. And I wanted to share some thoughts based on this amazing encounter with such an inspiring woman. So this podcast will be a little bit different than the regular topics, but I hope you enjoy it. This week's podcast was supposed to be about medical topics related to cruising. But after meeting Tracy Edwards this past week, I just couldn't inspire myself to post it no matter how hard I tried. I was completely distracted by the force and courage packaged up into this legend of a woman, probably just an inch or two over five feet tall. So thank you for your patience this week. I'm a little late. I chose to deliver this content and not post what I had previously scheduled. I would guess most listeners know who Tracy Edwards is. But for those who don't, she skippered the all-female crew in the Whipred Round the World Yacht Race in 1989. She was just 26 years old and was honored as MBE, which means she was awarded the most excellent order of the British Empire for chivalry. The Whipbread Race is what today we call the Volvo-sponsored and newly named Ocean Race. She created an all-female crew back then, not because she wanted to form an all-women's team, but because she wanted to race and she couldn't convince any boat to let her be active crew on board because at the time, people in the sport didn't believe the world of yacht racing was a place where women should be. So she assembled her own team, all women, who ended up proving everyone wrong. If you've not seen the documentary named after the boat, Maiden, you can still see it in theaters, and I believe it goes out digitally in a month or so. And listen, I don't care who you are, man or woman, Sailor or not, you'll cry your eyes out. It is that awesome. As I've said before in the trailer to this podcast, Covert Castaway is anonymous for a few very good reasons, which is why I won't give details of the circumstances, how I met her, or the nature of our encounter. But I did want to share with you some of the thoughts I had after internalizing her story and talking with her. We talked about leadership, climate change, and diversity and inclusion. But before I jump in, let me discuss a few reasons why our meeting made such a profound impact on me as a future liveaboard sailor and the questions it surfaced as I prepare to cut the lines. First, I'm living in two worlds right now, with one leg in the day-to-day of my career as a tech executive and one leg in my future as someone who has left that 30-year career behind to contemplate wind direction and anchoring techniques. It's a very strange place to be standing, the proverbial no-man's land straddling two galaxies with one thing in common. Both of them are heavily male-dominated. For those men who might be listening, please don't be turned off by my last statement, because there's an important and positive message here for you, just as there is for your girlfriends, your wives, and your daughters, so please stick around for it. In this whirling in-between place, I've had to ask myself some pretty deep questions about a 30-year career and what legacy I've left behind as I move into this next adventure. I have a 24-year-old daughter in the same industry, facing some of the same diversity issues as I did, and not a ton has changed. 
aside from what I have been hired to do in roles I've had, what have I done to make it better for her? Second, as anyone who turns 50 knows, you go through this period of trying to understand your purpose and whether you've reached your full potential. At least that's been me over the past year. I guess when you're looking at the back nine, your perspective shifts. Time, once abundant, seems much more fleeting. And if you stop to think hard enough or look in the mirror long enough, you might start staring down some pretty big questions about yourself. So as it is with age, you see a much greater sense of connectedness in the world and the vast nature of some of the problems we have to solve as a society and as a species. You start realizing some of these things are really up to us to lead the way on. But instead, I'm opting out and sailing off into the sunset. So good luck, y'all. Sometimes I wonder if what I'm doing is taking the easy way out. As hard as it is to change lifestyles and go try something new like sailing around the world, how can I do this and not feel like I'm turning my back on larger responsibilities to solve big problems that exist in the world? Or can I do both? So to sum it all up, the questions that I've been struggling with that surfaced fully after my meeting with Tracy were these. What's the legacy I'm leaving after all these years in my industry? How can I help the world be better in the back half of my life? And can I do this while also trying to fulfill my personal dreams of living on a boat and sailing around the world? I know, these are pretty small topics to cover in a 10 to 15 minute podcast. But my point is, they all surfaced when I met her. It's good to point out that these questions were already needling me. I can tell by the books I've been reading lately and my increasing level of apathy on more finite matters of my day-to-day life. Ever notice when you're focused on universal questions about the meaning of life, your bills are always late? That's pretty much me. So back to Tracy. What she did for the yacht racing industry was groundbreaking. She shared with me that after the race, she and her crew went back to their lives, happy with the outcome as if the diversity problem in sailing had been solved. They sort of felt like the box was ticked and everyone should now just move forward. But the reality is, 30 years later, gender diversity continues to be an issue in sailing to this day. Yes, there's been changes. There's been leadership turnover in world sailing and recent changes in the Olympics to include mixed two-person offshore keelboat, really in an effort to promote more diversity in the sport. Carolyn Brower, Olympian and Volvo sailor, has hopes to be the first female helmswoman on a challenger boat in the America's Cup in its 168-year history. And steps have been taken to encourage diversity in the Volvo Ocean Race by allowing incentives for diversity for crew additions. But it all boils down to who makes the rules. And there's a ways to go on that. Okay, but sailboat racing aside, it's a problem even just in the regular run-of-the-mill cruising and boating community, and it presents itself in many ways. I felt it at boat shows when the boat brokers turned their back to me and instead directly addressed my husband without realizing that I'm the person with the checkbook. It happens when I walk into West Marine for some equipment reconnaissance and I'm told I should go to the store a few cities down because it has better selection of women's clothing. I wasn't shopping for women's clothing. It happens when I'm standing next to an ill-tied knot on a boat and assumptions are made that I tied it wrong and I have to tolerate the mansplaining. I know my freaking knots, guys. It's that sort of thing. It's the assumptions and the comments made based on those assumptions that are in the dark ages. I'm not having a victimization, poor me moment here. I'm just explaining how it manifests itself. And for women hoping to go sailing someday, you need to know what you're in for. All this is just normal BS. But here's where it gets scary. I have a friend of mine who recently moved aboard with her partner. Neither of them had any experience, so they both started from the same place. 
As I learned, it's clear she has great boat sense and has really become quite competent. But while he isn't quite there yet, he speaks with confidence, which is actually scary because he thinks he knows things, which is worse than just not knowing them, I think. They disagree, and ultimately she's right, more often than not. But I really do worry for them in an emergency. And how does it get like this? My entry into the sailing community has given me fresh exposure to these issues, and they hit me like a bucket of cold water being thrown on my face. But I could change all these examples situationally, and the same parallel problems exist in my industry too. The difference is, I'm used to them. Desensitized. Accepting. Exhausted by trying to prove myself and overcome bias and hurdles that other people just don't see or experience. Tracy and I both commiserated on this. It's honestly exhausting and makes you want to give up on a regular basis. We discussed the difference between accepting it and when we're moved to do something to change it. She said it's one thing when she faces it, but it's an entirely other thing when it happens to other women in her crew. Then she goes into beast mode, which I get. I'm okay because I've got thick skin, but when it happens to someone on my team or to my daughter, that's where I get angry. It's not a glorious Steinem kind of angry for me. It's more of a mama bear, protect your tribe kind of angry, which I actually think men can also get. And I think this is part of finding better solutions with them. Here's an example. Recently, I spoke on a diversity panel at an event. And when the topic was introduced, you could see all the men in the room stand up and head for the door. I had the mic at the time, so I calmly asked that they please sit down since if they left, there would only be a small number of women in the room, and they were part of the solution, and we need them there. To my surprise, they all sat back down. I choose to be an optimist, so I don't believe men intentionally do these things. They just don't know what they do, don't do, or should do differently, and this is where we can really help them. After the talk, one man came up to me. He was a highly decorated military leader in a very senior-level position in the federal government. I won't name him. He said, I have a daughter. And the problem is, you guys don't have any heroes. You need to get some heroes. I asked him to name his heroes, which he rattled off. Then I pointed out that he could name many heroes we all look up to. Not getting my point, I proceeded to help him understand that this isn't about women and men. It's about people being given the same opportunity to pursue their dreams, whatever those dreams are, regardless of sex, orientation, race, disability, or religion. I asked him if he wanted his own daughter to have the same opportunities as he did, and he vehemently agreed. Then I asked him how he would feel if a person at lower ranks with less qualifications or experience was given more money and more opportunities faster than his daughter was. He agreed he'd be pretty pissed. So my point is, I don't think as women we've done a good job helping men understand the specifics of the problem. At least for me. In the past, I've just convinced myself it's best to take the high road, and then secretly harbor resentments, which doesn't at all make me a better person. It just makes me passive-aggressive. More recently, I've been trying to be more prescriptive and find practical solutions to help men and women move this ball forward in my own little ways. But is it enough? Okay, so let me tie all this together. What Tracy Edwards embodies is someone who had the courage to find a way around the hurdles and find purpose in her cause. She didn't set out to be a social activist. She set out to win a race. She set an example for others to follow, and now, later in life, she's transforming that legacy to drive more change. Over the last few years, the opportunity presented itself for her to restore the boat, Maiden, 
and align it with a cause to drive awareness to raise money to educate girls who would otherwise not get one. It's called The Maiden Factor. This project is inspiring on a whole new level, which gets to the question about finding one's life purpose. She found a way to combine a situation she overcame with the mission she has for creating opportunities for women with her passion for sailing. How freaking cool is that? I asked her who her hero was or who inspired her, and she said her inspiration was Ernest Shackleton, a British Antarctic explorer whose ship was stuck in the ice and his crew of 28 men were stranded for almost two years. I won't spoil the ending, but it's honestly the most epic survival story I've ever read, so read it if you haven't already. Tracy then said, while Shackleton was her inspiration, her hero is Greta Thunberg, the young Swedish environmental activist who's driving awareness for climate change. If you've not seen her on the internet, you might want to check that your Wi-Fi works. She's everywhere. Just this past week, she inspired young people in over 150 countries to use Fridays to go on strike for the climate. As my talk with Tracy settled in my heart over the weekend, I had full clarity on one thing. Tracy, Greta, Shackleton. They're all just one person who had imagination, courage, and drive to do something extraordinary. If we think about the heroes in our lives, those people we look up to, we think of those kinds of people, or maybe women like Rosa Parks, Margaret Hamilton, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Megan Rapinoe. Some are regular people who became legendary because of their bravery and courage. Some were ordinary people in the right positions to rise to the occasion. Others were people with extraordinary talents that use their platform for positive change or people who dedicate themselves to encouraging the best in others, like Oprah or David Goggins, the author of Can't Hurt Me, who honestly, I worship right now. What I've been thinking a lot about is each one of us has the power to change the world. If our imagination is big enough, our determination is strong enough, and our conviction is powerful enough. In today's world of apathy, digitization of our social connections, and really big problems to solve, it can be overwhelming. I admit there are days when I just want to sail off and leave it all behind. But even on a boat, the world's problems only follow you. The question is, what is it we were born to change? What problem clogs our hearts and fills us with enough anger, panic, or rage to propel us into action and rise to the occasion? What will we look to on our deathbed as the one thing we made better for our children? What can we commit ourselves to, no matter where we are, to make a difference in this world? And those are the questions Tracy inspired me to find answers to. And Tracy, if you're listening, thank you. What about you? What are you most passionate about and how will you change the world? Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another covert castaway. Fair winds for now.